and welcome to another edition of The One Team We Agree On. I'm Jillian. I'm Kyle. How are you doing today? Doing great, but uh, how about this heat? It is, it is very hot. <laughs> so um, Why we opted for tank tops, right? Exactly. So on today's <laughs> show, um, I got a very special guest we wanted to bring on. Uh, we uh, met him, I think, for the first time at uh, the Pachuca Friendly last year. Uh, he was sitting right in front of us, and uh, we got to talking during the game. And uh, we had interacted before on Twitter, and uh, just uh, kind of developed just a back and forth social media connection. Someone, uh, you know, at the um, the Sons of Ben tailgates, we we've mm-hmm. interacted Jimmy before many times, and so when we created the show, the one first things I said is we got to get Jimmy on, you know, like I made a five or six guest list of like people that I've interacted, interacted on union Twitter, which as we all know is sometimes great. Sometimes it's not great, <laughs> but um, Jimmy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you both uh, for having me on. It's uh, It's been a pleasure knowing you guys over the last, uh, I guess over just about a year now. Um, yeah. But I think we've, followed each other on twitter for a little bit longer than that and uh i actually think that um you guys were maybe one of the first people that i had kind of followed on twitter for a while that i started building a uh, consistent rapport with at at, uh, tailgates and stuff so it's Mm -hmm. good to always talk to you guys and it's good to come on the show um i've been a listener for a while and uh i try to support everyone that uh does any sort of independent or not independent uh, content creation around the union and MLS as a whole. So yeah, I'm happy to be here and thank you guys for having me on. And we're happy to have you. And, and it's funny. Um, I mean, look at us, look at you. I mean, now we're all kind of covering the union, you know, it's like at the end of the day, yes, you know, we're covering the union. We're, we're showing the love to people that are following this team but at the end of the day, you, I, Jillian, we're all fans too. And I think that's something that, you know, this isn't just a nine to five job for us. This is like a passion mm-hmm. project. And I think there's something because I know in the Dolphins community, I know in the Eagles community, you have a lot of these content creators too. And so I think anytime you have this, that's what really builds a strong fan base, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, one of the greatest things about um, the kind of uh, accessibility to new technology and and how easy it is to kind of set up an operation like this is that you have uh, more passionate people covering the teams that they love, right? Um, you know, yeah. whereas in the past you may have just had um, whichever writer who was living in Philly at the time because he went to school there. Um, covering the MLS team when he really wanted to be covering the Eagles and he doesn't really know much about the union. I'm not saying uh, uh, that's anyone in particular, but that's definitely happened um, in in union history and the league history as a whole. Um, That's just kind of how it was at the beginning when MLS was was coming up. It's still uh, relatively a young league in comparison to the other major sports uh, in the the country. But um, like I said, with that accessibility to um, being able to set up operations like this, passionate people can uh, can cover the team and and put their voice through. And I think the more people doing it, the better. And the more people doing it, the more voices outside of the circles we already exist in are going to start um, paying attention to MLS and the teams that uh, we cover. Absolutely. I could not say it any better. So 
before we get started on the show, uh, what are we wearing today, Jillian? All right. Well, um, I kind of followed your lead a little bit with uh, wearing a tank top. So this is one <laughs> of the first things I actually got at a union game. Um, so it's the uh, kind of white union tank top um, that ties in the back and super comfy. So one of my favorite things. And, uh, you know, I don't wear a lot of white, but when I have a tan, absolutely. So <laughs> I figured it is time. I've been out in the sun a lot. So and how about you, Kyle? And I am wearing um, the train kit cut off. Um, I was, um, as you know, obsessed with Choo Choo and Bueno <laughs> Brujo wearing this bad boy all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I've always liked the cut off top, um, especially when those guys wear it. And for me, you know, just working out sometimes it's a real light, especially in the summer, working out with clients, et cetera, in my real job. It's it's a nice thing to have. And plus, you know, we're supporting the badge, you know, getting people in. Hey, what what team is this? Oh, this is an MLS team. So absolutely. Jimmy, yeah. what are you wearing today? Well, I got um I got the new kit on this year. Um right. I felt like I'm kind of like you guys where uh, I don't like to switch up what I'm wearing at games, especially if things are going well. Um, so I felt like I haven't been able to give this jersey enough love this year. Um, and I don't, mm -hmm. it's not my favorite jersey, but it's not my, uh, I don't dislike it at all. Um, right. So when I was going kind of over uh, through my collection of what I could wear tonight, I said, you know what, this is a perfect opportunity. I haven't really had a good chance to wear this. Um, so I threw this one on and then I have this old union hat that, I uh, I got on Fanatics on like clearance a couple years ago for like eight dollars, nice. um, and I just wear it everywhere. It it's absolutely disgusting and old, and could probably use a wash. But um, yeah, I love it. I don't know, and and uh, and it fits me well, so I, I keep rocking it for now. Nice, nice. nice. It, yeah, I like that kit too. You know, like I haven't really gotten to wear it too much because I wear my uh, lucky Unity <laughs> top every game, but. I've worn I wore it to school actually a few times um, when we'd have like a dress down day, a teacher dress down day. And one of my students actually, um, who's a union fan, were his on that day too, like out nice. of coincidence, which was great. I'm like, oh, I made sure I got a picture. Um, it was funny. But yeah, it's a nice kit. And I think like at first I was just like, hmm, okay. And then it kind of grew on me though. I actually like it a lot. So it you know, did. And I don't know if. Sorry, I was going to say, I don't know if y'all, if you feel this way um, as well, but I kind of felt that way about the lightning kits at first, too. It wasn't like mm -hmm. my favorite. I like I didn't again, I didn't dislike it. Um, and maybe it was just like the run we went on wearing that kit and, and being at away games, seeing them wear that kit. But at the end of the day, it ended up being one of my favorite kits in, in all of sports. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm hopeful for this. For this one as well maybe we can uh have a really good memory in this kit and it can be one of my favorites at the end of the day too i hope so i mean i was kind of sad that our last game in the lightning kit had to be um losing the mls cup but you know it is what it yeah. is it, it is what it is so that um, is such a sweet kit but anyway uh before we get started here uh make sure to follow us on um instagram um, and Twitter at the one team we agree on. That's all one word. And then you can follow us on um, Twitter at T-O-T-W-A-G. 
And then we're also on Apple, Spotify, and uh, Google Podcasts. And you can follow the show. Make sure to like, subscribe, show some love. And um, we are not on threads. (laughs) We are not on threads yet. (laughs) The only threads that I am concerned with are the ones in my sewing machine. Right. Uh, I got enough social media to deal with. Yeah. So, uh, Jimmy, the first question I you, when we we shared the press uh, room at the, I guess it was the Sporting KC game when we were all in the torrential downpour, and you were you were below in mm-hmm. the um, where were you? You were in the tunnel. I was game. under, yeah, the, I was under the river end um, in the tunnel there, um, trying to stay dry. And you uh, shared a story about how you got into soccer, how you got into union. So um, love to hear that story, and then. Just, um, you know, just growing up, how you got into soccer in general? Yeah, I mean, uh, growing up, I was always into sports. Um, uh, soccer was one of the first sports I got into. I think like a lot of kids, it's it's one of the um, uh, first outdoor sports that isn't uh, as aggressive as football. You know, you, you start playing soccer a little bit earlier. Um, so I think it was like baseball and soccer were, were probably my first two sports that I was really playing organized. Um, and I don't think I loved soccer as much as I did other sports at first. Um, but growing up, I had a friend, uh, a, a, one of my best friends who really loved it. And he kind of just took me under his wing in middle school and said, like, no, nah, you're not going to play football anymore. You're going to play soccer. And, and so from then on, it's, it's kind of always been um, soccer is one of my favorite sports. And uh, it, I, I grew up in upstate New York, but in ninth grade, uh, my mom was going through some health issues and I was kind of uh, acting out a little bit. So on some like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air uh, type stuff, my parents sent me out to uh, Salt Lake City, Utah to live my with, live with my aunt to kind of chill out, let my mom like recoup and and uh, get better. And uh, I lived like half a mile or maybe a mile at most away from where uh, we all Salt Lake was building their new stadium at the time. And uh, so it opened, I believe, the same year that I lived there, uh, which I think was um, 2008 or 2009. Um, and I, I, was, I, was, I was already in love with soccer. Uh, my team back home in New York was uh, one of the better teams in the state. So I was, I was very excited for this um, team to be so close to me because I grew up in upstate New York where there was no sort of uh, professional sports around me. And so, uh, my cousin, my little cousin, he played in one of the youth programs in Salt Lake city and he needed a chaperone to go to a game that his like team had or whatever. And I, I was excited to be his chaperone. Um, and we went and we sat way up in the second tier for the first half. Um, and it was a zero zero game against the revolution. And I, I, being that bad kid that I was, I took my like eight year old cousin. I was like, we're going to sneak uh, like right, right behind the goal. And, uh, we did, we like went up there and he was like super nervous. And when we got to the steward, I was like, Oh, my parents are like right up there. It's, it's the guy with the hat on. And he like led us right down there. And I'll never forget this. We all Salt Lake scored six goals in the second half, right in front of us. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. yeah. And it was like a really formative moment for me, uh, as, as far as like, wow, this league is, is cool. Like this is fun. Um, and it was in their brand new stadium. The fans were going were going crazy. And uh, yeah, that was kind of my like fandom or my start of fandom into MLS in general. 
And so I moved back to New York um, and I uh, eventually moved down to New York City, but I did not like either uh, NYC, uh, FC or Red Bull. And so I was just kind of watching the league from afar at this point um, and not really like in uh, uh, one team or another. I, I you know, I, I rooted for Real Salt Lake, but not being there and not being able to watch the games locally, being back in New York at that time, it was hard to really root for them. Um, so when I moved to Philadelphia uh, right before 2000, I was like uh, 2019. Um, it was just like the perfect opportunity to just like dive in and uh, feel like I had a team that I could actually call my own for the first time, knowing that I was going to be here long term and actually have money to go to games and not be a, a nine or a, you know a ninth grader sneaking down to the front row and and all that sorts of stuff. So uh, that was my introduction uh, into being a Philly fan um, in in any sport um, because I, I I had watched. Uh, other teams in every other sport, but MLS, like I said, I was kind of just watching from afar. So, um, yeah, I've had a lot of fun. Uh, uh, I am relatively new to the, uh, the team uh, in its long history, but I'm happy to be here and uh, I just take it in as much as I can uh, for every moment that I have. No, and I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, there's a lot of new fans and no matter whether you're, you know, from the beginning and sons of Ben or heck, you know, 2022, 2023, you know, as long as you're a passionate fan, I think that speaks volume. I think there's this place for everybody here, old and new, and it doesn't matter. Um, But, you know, I think you, myself, Jillian and others, you know, as we become new fans, we've also embraced the old guard. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's important too. You yeah, know, the history. Absolutely. And I think that's what you're seeing. I, I, I see a lot of that with a lot of the new fans. They're learning about the history of the union. And I think, because you don't see that with every other sport. You don't, yeah. you don't, it's you, you show up and it's like, Hey, I'm a, you know, we see it was a lot in Dolphins community. You know, hey, I'm a Dolphins fan. Yeah, no, and it's like, oh, are are you just brand new, or you've been following the team like me since '85? No, uh, I think, I think for me personally, I, what really impressed me: people are engaged. They want to learn about this team. They want to learn about MLS. And you know, for better or worse, you know, I think that is a good thing you know i think it's more for the better personally but um yeah question a uh, follow-up there um so one of the stadiums we want to go to yeah, is real, real salt lake and you know what is that stadium like so it's interesting uh I, i'm sure that the surrounding area is much different now than it was in um 2009 when i was living there mm -hmm. um as most of Philadelphia is much different now than it was in 2009. Um, but it's, it's not directly in the middle of the city, but it is in uh, the Valley of Salt Lake. Um, so it is uh, in a pretty busy part of the Salt Lake area. And it's got a lot of like, um, sh it, it's got a lot of like shopping centers and, um, restaurants and stuff nearby. So it, it's got a lot of stuff that you can do during the daytime to fill your time with it. Um, it's not like some of the stadiums where they're kind of out 
on the outskirts of town and uh, you kind of have to play on your trip around what's around the stadium um, and not so much what's in the city. Um, so it's a pretty nice stadium. There's, from what I remember, um, again, it, it was so long ago at this point and I only went once, there wasn't too many frills to it. It was pretty basic, kind of like Subaru Park. Um, but I think that's kind of what made it beautiful too. You know, uh, there doesn't need to be a lot of frills and uh, sparkle to make a stadium good. Uh, and it's anywhere in the valley of Salt Lake is going to be beautiful with the mountains. So it was, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice stadium overall. Nice. Yeah. Cause that is definitely one of our goals. Um, we want to get there. We've been to Utah, but not Salt Lake city, but we've driven up from staying in Vegas. We've gone to Bryce Canyon. We've gone to Zion. A okay. Couple of times. Yeah. We've been in that region and it's just, it. yeah, I mean, but we love it. You know, it's such a beautiful state. So our, yeah, we definitely yeah. want to get out there. Yeah, Utah is incredible because, like you're saying, with uh, with like some parts of Utah, it's like very deserty and and uh, and uh, but then the northern part of Utah is uh, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, Denver as as far as the Rocky Mountains, but Salt Lake City, there the Rocky Mountains are right uh, surrounding the the city, so it's uh, yeah. it's really beautiful. It's very different from southern Utah, but it's so beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. So tell us how the union has impacted you and your family. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I think like most of us that are involved in the union and more than just watching, uh, it's given me a community, um, whether that be online or in person or at games. Um, I tell people all the time, there's no other sporting event that I've ever gone to professional that being uh, where I walk into a stadium and people are saying hello to me as I'm walking through the crowd. Um, people that like come to union games for the first time are like, dude, do, does everyone know you? Like, and I'm like, no, <laughs> there's just like people, like people just have a community here and people know who each other are. You know, we're all coming mm -hmm. to the game uh, every week and we decided to uh, get to know the other people that are coming here every week. Um, and I think that's a little bit different than other sports. Um, you know, you don't you don't have that as much. Um, so uh, it's, it's really given me a, a nice community, both online um, and in person. And people have been really accepting. Um, I, I have a, a hard time uh, pushing myself out at first. But um, once I did, people were very accepting. And I found um, a, a great pocket of people um, in, in almost every corner of the, of the stadium that I've been to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you know, like I'm a five for five fan and I have never had the kind of community that I have with the union with the other sports. I couldn't, you know, I go to a Phillies game or something. It's like, I don't know anybody, yeah. I mean, you know, but um, I love going to the fact that we go to union games and we see all kinds of people we know, and we have such a good community and part of, you know, being in sense of Ben helps. But when we started going to games, we didn't know anybody. And, and, you know, when we first yeah. signed up for sons of Ben and we went and it's helpful. Kyle's way more outgoing than me. But, you know, he started talking to people and we started getting introduced to people and, you know, networking, you know, getting to know more and more people through that. So um, it's been great. And that's yeah, I do think it sets um, us apart from, you know, other sports in Philly. Yeah, Definitely. the one the one thing and you hit on that is just as, as we get to know more and more people um, and, and I keep saying this to everybody that when we promote the sons of Ben uh, tailgates, like 
people there want to get to know people. It's a party. It's a family atmosphere. It's like one big barbecue. And, and as people come in more and more, you know, there are people out there that are walking. Like even now, I've just kind of gone up to people and started talking to them. You know, if I see somebody I've never talked to before and, and I encourage other people to do that because there is a lot of good people out there that, you know, they might be attending their first tailgate. They might be going to their very first union game with a buddy. Like, continue to grow this fan base. And um, that leads me into my next question. How have you seen, since your time in Philly, the union fandom grow in Philadelphia? Because you're there. We're in Lancaster, and I can talk about Lancaster, York. But also, what are your opinions of how the union can continue to grow the fan base? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think winning certainly helps, right? right. Uh, yeah. You know, being really good and, and getting <laughs> to uh, the final stage of your competition uh, helps bring exposure to your city. Um, but I think in general, um, it started going from like, hey, what's that on your shirt to, oh, hey, that's the union. They're really good, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of been the difference I've been seeing over the last few years is there's less um, questions about like what is that and more about like who is that like what is that all about um, and so I think slowly we're starting to get people uh, more interested that are outside of the normal circle that we see and have built over the past uh, you know decade and uh, plus um, but I think uh, outside of that I think uh, with uh, the involvement of all the people that we have, both uh, through the tailgates of Sons of Ben, um, through KSU, through the other little fractions of supporters groups at the River End, and through all the different content supporters, I think we're just going to keep reaching more people and keep showing this culture that we have uh, at uh, Subaru Park as union fans. And I think that's going to keep drawing people um, and keep interesting them. And I think that uh, it's really important to note, um, like I think our stadium's at like 14,000 season ticket members. It, uh, it's something um, like that. You know, we, I mean, we have a really good foundation. Yeah. We have a really good foundation of, of fans um, that are, are coming every single week. Um, so I think it's, it's just about getting, casual fans to become a little bit less casual and i think just getting them out to games is is the biggest step I, I think so too because we've said a million times you know i had followed the union very casually you know because i had you know i was playing soccer when mls 1.0 took foundation after the 94 world cup i remember those games i remember dc united and uh new and new york metros um she had never been to one and she was like what is this and i'm like oh you should go it's, it's soccer's fun you know i remember going to cause new york cosmos soccer camp i mean i was like 80s. really casually <laughs> casually following them but so yeah. I, I think you're right you hit the nail on the head um just getting people out there for the first time getting them to see the environment sitting down near the river and getting them to see the sons of ben live and just feeling that passion, that energy. Um, but again, at the end of the day, wing does help. 
but I think once you get hooked, you're hooked. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's talk a bit about the fan experience and the tailgating and everything. And um, you know, so first of all, and we did have a question um from Pat in the Hat. Um, and you know, the union have been adding a lot to pregame festivities around the stadium. What are we missing to make to take that next step, basically? Yeah. You think what are we missing we think uh you know we you you brought up a really good thing about remember the union yards when they announced that and you were talking about what the ravens do and all that so we really haven't talked about that on our show but you brought up a really good point so i'd love to hear that and i think pat would too so go ahead yeah so um i've been told by someone from the team that there's plans of making that street where Union Yards and SOBs are located kind of the main point of uh, congregation for Union fans going forward. Um, And I think the evidence is kind of there with that new, um, I don't know what to call it, brickwork on the grounds of the Mm -hmm. Union logo kind of uh, leading up to both of those points. And I think we're going to start seeing more uh, permanent establishments or, you know, maybe not uh, full buildings yet, but I think more pop-up stuff coming in the, uh, maybe not this year, but I think in the coming years, we'll start seeing more stuff come to that street uh, for the game day experience. So um, I do understand that, you know, it is a little um, tough to have that competition for, uh, the sons of Ben who work very hard and uh, are all volunteer based. So it's, you know, the, I, I commend everything that they do and they, they do an awesome job. And um, I think everyone should go and check out what they do. It's a great deal too. If, if, uh, if you buy the, the uh, ticket before the, the day of game, it's like $15 or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. But, um, but I think uh, at the same point, I think having, all of those things next to the SOB lots directly next to the SOB lots is going to be um, beyond beneficial. I think with the old lot and how it was kind of off to the side, um, people would see it and knew what it was, but it was so hard. There was nothing drawing you over there and taking you off the path from where you were walking to the stadium to go over there and check it out for the first time. So I think that having people directly on the same street as this lot and can can direct like literally hear people talking as they walk by are going to be so much more drawn to uh checking out what the sob lot has to offer yeah i agree like a lot of people were like oh this sucks having it right by the sob lot and no i think actually yeah like you said i think it's mutually beneficial and you know as it catches on because right now i mean we're seeing the union yards is kind of uh empty at times it's definitely not um <laughs> it's definitely not as busy as sob but yeah i think like having all that pregame stuff from the do is great you know and it's only gonna strengthen the pregame experience and yeah i love what they're doing with um the pavement and everything with um that design that looks so good and i think mm-hmm. they could probably promote union yards a little bit more because i feel like a lot of people still probably don't know about it, but it'll catch yeah, on, that, I think. But yeah, um, I mean, because like we still see the plaza packed, 
Plaza's great. Yeah. But you know, I, I yeah. think I think in another two, three years, everything will be harmonious, you know. And I think new fans are gonna come in and be like, What is that? Oh, that's supporters tailgate. Mm-hmm. Great deal. All you can eat, all you can drink. And and then you're gonna say, Oh, what's that? Well, you know, this maybe is a more family friendly option for new families, you know. I think there'll be something for everybody. And at the end of the day, everybody's going to have a great experience. I mean, you go anywhere in England or Europe, there's something for everybody over there pregame, you know? So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I just feel I'm like... Also, okay. I'm also just envisioning, uh, like, you know, five years or, from now when there is some more um, kind of permanent establishments there and there is more people congregated, um, I mean, when 630 rolls around and it's time to walk in and it's, you know, everyone knows it's an hour before game time, gates are open, that walk-in is going to be huge. Yeah. Um, and I'm really, yeah. I'm personally really excited for that. Me um, too. You know, I think, it's, it's, yeah, it's not just going to be the SOBs. It's going to be everyone that are hanging out at all these different uh, little mm-hmm. spots that are going to be on the street uh, all at once recognizing, Hey, it's, it's time to go in. Um, and it's not going to be just the four or 500 people at the SOB lots. It's going to be, um, you know, hopefully a couple thousand. Um, I think it's going right, to be awesome. Right. I, I, I'm, and, 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 and hopeful for that down the road. Yeah. That is a great point because no, I think it is. I, I see like, for instance, I mean, Cincinnati, they always have like a huge group walking in, you know, mm-hmm. and that's like, you know, that's pretty cool. Like, I think absolutely we've we'll we've grabbed some people from union yards and you know places as we're walking in but can you imagine though how many more people we could have though as this well grows? I mean can you imagine a family just showing up for the first time and then just seeing this huge parade of smoke and flags and people chanting just following along being like what is this oh this is like the march exactly. you know and I think I think that's to some... see that happen a bit, you know, people. Oh, we, catch... we've and seen it a million people... times oh. in the plaza now, especially with the new yeah. route. People just walking in, they're like in the plaza going, oh, my gosh, that's the Sons of Ben. Let's go mm-hmm. marching yeah. in with them, you know, and then they'll just stand there and watch yep. us all chant. So it's a lot of fun. And I think I think there's a good improvement and opportunity there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I agree. All right. Next all right, so um, oh, let's talk about uh fashion for a second. Oh yes, yeah. So I, I'm all about the merch and everything. Um, yeah. Yes, so what I are some it. of your favorite uh, pieces of Union merch that you have? Um, so I have a few pieces picked out here. Um, let's see. The first one I have is the that bomber jacket that I think came out last year. Yes. Um, yeah, Kyle has really that nice. too. I think it's. Yeah, this one's really great. I try to wear it to, um, honestly, too many games. I look for too many, ex- like, as soon as it's, like, a little cold out, I'm like, yep, I'm wearing it. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, end up never wearing it once I'm actually at the game. But um, I look great while I'm on the way to the game, at least. So uh, um, that's the one that I really like. Um, I have this old training top. I don't know what year this is from. Um, I believe it's just a training top. And the reason I believe that is because I have one that's the exact um, same for Columbus crew as well. Like it's, it's literally just a template um, and it's, it doesn't have any number on it or anything like that. Um, So I think it was just a training top. And it also, this is so weird. And so like mid two thousand, 
questions, but um, it has the thumb hole on it too. Um, I love here, the thumb holes. Yeah, yes. has mine, yeah, mine has yeah. that. The one I wear sometimes yep. mostly has that. Hold that up again because Billy of Union Archives, he probably could be able to know what year that is. Billy would know what that is. Yes. Can you hold yeah, up? Yeah, I've, I've thought about reaching out to Brizzy. Yep, here it is again. Um, it's got like a a nice light, not lightning blue, but like kind of a lighter blue trim on it. Um, it is long sleeve as well. Um, yeah, and, really, uh, and it also is like I'd love to know what that is. Too. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's also like fleece lined on the inside too. It's re it's really warm, so nice. I get a lot of use out of that one. And then the last one I have, um, I found some kids selling this online for like seventy bucks. Um, and what? I, I later found out that it's like, like I've had people in the stadium, like talk to me as if I'm working before. Um, <laughs> so it's definitely like in, an em old employee jacket. Wow. Um, nice. Yeah. It's just like one of those like super, super long ones that like go nice. down to your knee. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. I love it. Down, where'd you get that? It was it Macari or eBay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Macari. Yep. Nice. Nice. Macari has yep. good stuff. Like it's hit or miss, but you can find like some really good stuff there. It just goes really fast. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah, you can. I've gotten uh, quite a bit of union gear on Macari. Actually, it's a great, great spot for, for getting stuff pretty cheap. All right. So, um, what's the next question? Yeah. So, um, so you're into music. Um, do you mm -hmm. have a game day playlist at all? You know, I I don't actually have a specific game day playlist, um, but I do have a tend of kind of um, uh, a mood that I tend to go with. Um, mm -hmm. So I did kind of put a playlist together for you guys off of what that oh. mood kind of tends to be. So I'll send that over to you guys um, and you can feel free to, uh, you know, like put it out on socials or, or whatever you want to do with it. But um, it's got a whole, yeah, it's got a whole range of stuff on it. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Just to go into it a little bit. I used to work in music full time. Um, mm -hmm. I, when I was really young, I started touring uh, with friends, bands, kind of just like uh, I, I would do anything I could just to get on out on the road. Um, and it snowballed really, really quickly. Um, and after a few years, I found myself working in Midtown Manhattan in New York City for a booking agency, um, working for a lot of like uh, my favorite bands, honestly. So it was kind of a dream. Um, and after a few years of that, I decided to move to Philly to be with my partner and um, I was managing bands uh, for a couple years. Um, but now I'm just uh, selling merch mostly. Uh, I sell merch at the man, the man center in the summer um, and then at the TLA and the film one. So if y'all are ever at a show and you see someone that looks like me behind the merch table, <laughs> it's probably me. So uh, come up and say what's up. And like, anytime I see someone in union, in union gear, um, I, uh, I stop them and say, you know, what's up and, and tell them my Twitter handle and where I write and stuff like that. So yeah, <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah, I know. I saw you were you just were at the Weezer show. They're my favorite band. So um, yeah, yeah, I, that I, was cool. I know a few people that went to it and I wish I would have gone. Um, I saw the set list was killer. So um, really I have regrets. <laughs> I have regrets um, that I did not go. But um, yeah, that's that's awesome, though. That's that's really cool that you do that. So you and I talked up there at the um, 
and we were at the uh, press box, you know, you and I both have very eclectic taste of music. Like I go yeah. from everything <laughs> from like hardcore metal to like Johnny Cash, you know, and then like yep. 80s new wave. And I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I just feel like nowadays, and we'll talk about this for a second, like and maybe I'm getting old, but which I wish I am getting old, but I just <laughs> feel like now some music's too digitally created and there's no soul into it. How do you feel about that? Because I just feel yeah. like well, I think I have the same assessment at times where I think I'm like just getting too old, right? Um, right. I, I think, you know, at times I'm like, yo, I don't, I think I just don't get this and that's okay. Like I'm starting right. to, to come with the understanding of like, yo, I don't have to like everything. Like this is chill. Um, people like this because whatever reason and like whatever. Um, but I kind of agree with you. And I think, uh, I think part of that is, the accessibility factor, right? Um, it used to be so hard. Oh, we've got a cameo from my cat in the background. Um, oh. It used to be. <laughs> it used an to orange be so, cat, nice. <laughs> yeah, I do. He's got the most orange cat energy ever. So if he starts yeah. pulling stuff off the wall, I apologize. No, um, but I think it just used to be so hard uh, for people to make music. Uh, it cost so much money. You had to rent out music space. Um, now anybody can make music and um, that's good in a lot of ways because there's a lot of uh, unhidden talent that is able to be found because of that. But at the same time, you've got a lot of um, uh, really interesting people making a lot of really interesting music uh, who are able to create fandom for one reason, one reason or the other. And it's not always music. Um, that's right. the important thing thing about music now is uh popularity in music uh very rarely is about just the music now so mm -hmm. um yeah i kind of understand that, that and no i agree. i i agree with you 100 you know like I, I i love jazz like i grew up in jazz like listening to jazz which you're like wow and then you're like yeah. but jazz also spins off into metal because mm -hmm. a lot of metal drummers are jazz drummers and you know so at the end of the day i when i listen to music i listen for technical paralysis or just just that emotional connection and i'm not ripping anybody when i said that earlier what i'm saying is i just feel like when we go into auto-tune and like mm -hmm. you know some of that kind of stuff I, I just feel like it takes away from that emotional connection so you know yeah i, I completely i could i completely understand that i do think it's times that it does but i also think at other times um uh it can be a tool that people use in in a way that can be really enhancing mm -hmm. um, that's fair but, yeah yeah but i digress uh we could talk about the nuances of music we could, and we could do a forever. whole podcast like i told matt we ralph we could do a podcast about music which i'd be totally happy with like i told matt ralph i i could do a whole podcast talking about united states soccer and like how it how it's structured and all the the groups but um Anyway, that actually was something that actually was something I thought about at one point when I was starting a podcast uh, 
talking to like people that uh, are in the music industry about MLS soccer, but I couldn't find enough fans, enough people that oh, were in the MLS. Mm. Yeah, so maybe give it like three or four more years, and that'll absolutely uh, we'll have enough clientele. <laughs> hey, hey, especially with Messi now, you know this league's going to blow up now. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's now start talking a little bit of union, because um, this is what the podcast is about. Um, as a fan, what are your top three union moments? Ah, man. Um, I think one of my favorite moments overall um, had to be the El Seno game. Um, <laughs> nice. Don't think I was uh, as committed. I don't think I was 100% sold on union at that point. Um, but I was watching that game, and I mean, any game that you have to name after one single player, right. um, mm-hmm. like come on, like yeah, you gotta <laughs> you gotta put that in 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 your top at least five, right? Um, another one uh, has got to be the Glesnes, um overtime goal against Red Bull in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I it was hard to really explain. Uh, I I don't I don't even think that anyone really thought that goal was possible when he wound it up. Uh, even everyone yelling shoot, I don't think really people had any confidence in that hitting the back of the net. Um, so that was just one of the most um, amazing sports moments I've ever seen ever. Um, and as much as it hurt, I have to say um, Jack Elliott's goal to go up in the MLS Cup, um, witnessing being at Subaru Park. Uh, for the watch along with everyone i tell mm-hmm. people all the time i think that moment was louder than a lot of moments where subaru park is full mm-hmm. and being on the field and running around and hugging people i've never met um for those like five minutes or whatever was yeah. probably one of the greatest moments i've ever experienced so uh mm-hmm. i know how heartbreaking that was overall to experience it but uh, i know that uh Getting that little taste of it, I know how sweet it is to finally going to be able to get that one day. So um, yeah. I'm getting emotional yep. talking about it myself. I it's really hard, do. But, uh, yeah, I but know. but I know, um, especially losing all three championships as a Philadelphia sports city um, oh. in a row, oh I know I know that day is going to be so much sweeter because of all of that hurt. You know, um, yeah. I say it all the time: you can't truly uh, appreciate how good things are unless you've appreciate unless you've experienced how bad they can be too yeah. so uh i'm i'm really hopeful someday that's going to be one really kick-ass party oh like, yeah like i said today it's going to happen one day like after that it game I don't, I, I don't think i ever said this so after that game we went out and watched the phillies lose and we walked back to the hotel we were staying at and a whole bunch of union fans were at the bar and I, and I just looked at a whole bunch of them there and they were all talking i said I don't care how long it takes. One day the union are going to raise that cup and mm-hmm. we're all going to be there and it's going to be the greatest celebration ever. And yep. everybody will know what it is. And everybody kind of looked at everybody and we were like, yeah, no, it's going to happen mm-hmm. one day. So yeah, yep. oh, man, absolutely. absolutely. It's probably going to happen when we all least expect yeah. it. Let's be honest. That's how sports well, works, yeah. you know, but it is. Yeah, no, it really, you're exactly right on that. You know, I, I think, um, I mean, I think in general, uh, just the, 
the consistent steps that Union are taking year after year. I right. mean, it took so long to get their first playoff win, and then since then, it's just been up and up and up every season. And uh, and you know, maybe there's going to be a season where you don't take that step up, but eventually you're going to get there. And uh, I think that the the um, the organization um, and Jim, now that he's signed on. Um, and I mean, it was so obvious with all these players signing on long term, um, how happy play- people are to be here and how much right. they yeah. believe in the same thing we're saying, you know. Um, so it's going to come. It may not come mm-hmm. in this era. I hope it does. Um, yeah, but me too. One day it's going to come. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, I- I'll tell you what, you know, we were in L.A for the cup and mm-hmm. and um up in the stands there and yeah like when jack scored that goal we went up that was literally like some of the most oh, I joy i have felt there. ever yeah. i mean yeah and like it's funny that you said that you know hugging people you didn't know it was the same for us like you know we turn mm-hmm. we're just like everyone hugging and you could feel yeah. the stands just shaking and it was so loud and it was amazing and kyle like blacked out pretty much yeah like, like I, you know, oh, yeah. To, this, yep. to, the, to this day <laughs> like, I, I have video of us like celebrating and i, I still just, don't like, remember shock, but I, I still remember uh, all of it but just, it was uh, it was awesome so close but, but yeah but, but we're gonna do it we're gonna I, do it I, I joke about that but point. when i blacked out like that's how you know a team means so much to you right you know yeah yeah yep. Absolutely. Yep. So let's talk about this season. I mean, people have differing opinions and I kind of like you take a very non-biased. I try to take a non-biased approach, but at the end of the day, I'm still a fan. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. where are you, where are you at with this season? Well, you, you know, I can't even um, get disappointed or upset with people that uh, do see the season as um I guess for the lack of better terms, a disappointment so far. Mm -hmm. Um, But here's one thing I do want to talk about, especially with just the previous topic um, that we talked about. Maybe we can just kind of transition this into that. Um, Think about the emotions, uh, how you felt after those games. And I don't know about you. It it took me a few days to really come around too. And, and, you know, my girlfriend is like, yo, like, what's like, are you okay? Like, this is, (laughs) this is really, uh, gotten to you and i know there was many union fans that wouldn't even touch soccer in general until mls season came back um and so i think about uh those emotions and that the roller coaster of emotions we experienced on that day from um thinking we're gonna lose to thinking we're gonna win to losing and um i think about the players and the coaches Mm -hmm. and how they felt after that and i know they're professional um, I know uh, they're going to do whatever they can to try to move on as quickly as they can. Um, but I have no doubt that uh, every single one of those players has been working from a very young age to get to that moment that they thought they had, that we thought we had. Right. Um, and I can't imagine what it's like to have that torn away from you as a player. I mean, it hurt, it fucking hurt for us. Um, so what, you know, what does it feel like to them? Um, so, with that and the combination of Champions League, um, to be honest, I, you know, as much as on paper it looks like it's going to be a, a run it back here, I always was scared that there was going to be um, not as much excitement 
as there was last year. And I think in general, with such a record-breaking year, there never was going to be that exact same excitement, right? right? Like, you, you don't do that two years in a row. That is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's, it's really hard for some people, especially some of the newer people, to accept winning one nothing, two one, and not four, five, six nothing, you know? Um, and so I do understand people's disappointment, but I do think that um, Union are on track to uh, make the playoffs. Uh, I think they will, at the end of the day, have a pretty high seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, I think they'll have a home game. And I think all that matters in this league is getting hot at the right time. Um, getting hot at the end of the season is what you need in order to lift a cup at the end of the year. And, uh, and I understand Champions League is disappointing. Open Cup is disappointing. Um, maybe the Supporter Shield is out of reach. Uh, that may be disappointing, but uh, I think Jim Curtin said today they're going to take Weeks Cup seriously, and we know they're going to take MLS Cup seriously. So uh, I, I'm still hopeful this, for this year. Um, and at the end of the day, I think, like I said before, they've got a good foundation, and I'm going to enjoy the season no matter what. Um, so I do understand people's disappointment, but um, I think just be patient and, and, and see how things uh, see how things pan out. Like Kyle said, you you know. You may win that championship when you're least expecting it. We may just make playoffs by the skin of our teeth, but that may be what we need uh, to yeah. uh, get some get some piss in our pants and and kind of you know get us going and win things. So, absolutely, and no, I get I get everybody's different views. I mean, I think that that's the one thing, and and I said it today, I, I forget who I was talking to, and I said. You know, did we expect in 2021 with coming off mm-hmm. of the CCL? No, we didn't. We didn't expect to make that run, uh, run and then COVID happened, but we won't go there. Um, you know, at the end of the day, um, I think the union have an opportunity. If they get hot. Yeah. All right. At the right time, like you said, Jimmy, anything's possible. With this team, anything's possible. But, mm-hmm. you know, you brought up um, – Champions League. It was funny because I was on the presser today and Jim basically first came out and was like, hey, League's Cup, you know, we're going to try different formations, different lineups. And then he kind of backtracked it at towards the end on uh, George, I think was asked the question. And he's like, well, you know, teams prioritize like League's Cup and the money it's involved. So, you know, we're, we're going to go for it too. So I think you're going to see in these group stages, it You've been in those pressures with Jim. Jim will like say one thing and he means it. Like he's giving you little little tidbits here, little tidbits there. I I think, I think he's going to experiment in these group stages, but if the union do advance to, let's say after the first knockout round, then it's like, let's go here. Here's the union because let's be honest, that's a CCL birth next Mm -hmm. year, you know? Um, And at, at go ahead. Well, one thing I think that, uh, I mean, it is a small sample size and, you know, maybe this could change with, uh, with tomorrow or the next couple of days, depending yeah. on what happens now that the transfer window is open. But I think that them, uh, moving Brandon Craig to Austin alone shows that they're, they are going to take this a little bit seriously. They're not no, going to just play all the kids and, um, and just say, yeah, whatever happens, happens. Um, you know, they just got rid of, uh, their only 
defenseman that it doesn't start essentially when all three are, are, are with the club. Um, so yeah, there, I think they are going to put out competitive teams. I think you are going to see rotation. Um, but I think they are going to go for it. And I, I'm hoping that, uh, with the transfer window being open now, I'm hoping we can get someone in that maybe can play in those games, but isn't a drop off that we see with some of the younger guys that we have now. Uh, no, and that's a good point. So, We'll get to transfers in a second because I'm going to get your thoughts. But let's bring up Brandon Craig for a second. So my thought on Craig is I, I think he is a very good U-20 talent. I think I've watched U-20s, I've seen him at U-2. You know, I, I really am a big fan of his. But is it like he's on the bench and yet we're starting Nate Harrier. We're starting Matt Rial. We're starting Kai Wagner. And... You know, people are like, oh, my gosh, you know, why wasn't he starting? Like, you've even heard Jonathan Tannenwald, like, real Jim, like, what? when's Brandon Craig mm-hmm. starting, you know? Is it just a thing of, like, Jim's, like, he's not ready yet? Or do you think, like, this moment for Brandon to go to Austin is, okay, show me. Show me you're an MLS player, and then we're going to bring you back. And if you show us that, okay. We'll figure it out, or because I I do think he is a good player, um, but mm-hmm. it also concerns me. Like he wasn't able to crack that. Now you're behind Damian Lowe. You're behind two of the two, arguably when they're on their day, they're the best center back duo in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a you know little bit of an. I would say, you know, that's a hard wall to crack. <laughs> so at the end of the yeah. day, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I think you're exactly right about being behind um, not only, I mean, either one of Jacob Buzness or Jack Elliott could have won Defender of the Year last year. And I think Damian Lowe has been such an incredible addition to this team that uh, you're right. It's hard for for Brandon Craig to get any sort of meaningful minutes or or minutes at all when you've got those three guys in the lineup. Um but uh, at the same time, um, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to think that there hasn't been a moment that we could have given uh, Brandon Craig some sort of minutes, um, whether it's up a couple goals late in games or mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, the issue is is that uh, Jim has a very um, he he has a way of thinking and he likes to stick to that. And he's, he's self-admittedly uh, it's hard for him to get away from some of those things sometimes. And one of those things being is that he does not like to change uh, too many people in the defense specifically in a game. Um, so that's, I think that's one of the reasons you, you fail to see Brandon Craig come on. Um, uh, I think if he does change someone in the defense, he wants it to be one of those uh, outside backs. Um in addition to that, I think trust is such a huge thing with Jim. Um, he, he's got to trust you. And mm-hmm. uh, we see that with Perea for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Um, I think whenever he's played, he's, he's showed good signs. But for whatever reason, there's um, something that Jim doesn't fully trust about Perea um, to put him out on, on the pitch. And I, that's got to be the reason with, with Brandon Craig, too. Um, and I think that when you have such high expectations um, with a team, not only for yourself as a coach, but with all the uh, the front office and the team and the fans around you, I think there's 
Jim has a hard time finding the right moment to put Brandon in without um, without that game meaning something if it goes wrong. So I think him putting him, I think Brandon Craig going alone to Austin is exactly what you're saying is uh, get those minutes. And if you mess up, it's not for us. Like it's, it's chill. Um, you're not taking minutes away from anyone. Minutes are needed over there. Um, go make mistakes, learn and come back and be a better player next yep. year. Ready for us. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, I, and I don't, yep. And I don't think that's a negative at all. Uh, it might be no, a hard lesson either. for Brandon Craig, but I think it'll be good overall. And, yeah. and considering what we got for him, I mean, mm-hmm. hey, he had six yeah. and sevens. I mean, that's good business. And there's some people who are like, I don't care about business. I'm like, well, I'm kind of a business guy. Like being a college coach, like at the end of the day with the scholarships, like it's business. No, and it's I, a good move. Yeah. yeah, it is. And I, mean, I and, and I think that uh, the fact that they, I so I I didn't look at the deal too. Um, uh, to with as much intent as I should have when I when I first looked yeah. at it, but I believe there was some money that went into the loan as well, and I there believe was. with that money, um, I, I I have a really hard time thinking that Austin would uh, send money for a loan for a young player without intent to play him at least a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, well, I, I, think I think that would be really bad. Backs are injured. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. They, they, yes. they're, they're both injured, so mm-hmm. I think he's going to get time and. You know, if he hits those benchmarks, it's a little bit more. So at the end of the day, Ernst does the mm-hmm. job. It, it it's a win for first and most importantly, as Jim said today, it's a win for him. Yeah. Like he's gonna get playing mm-hmm. opportunity now. And mm-hmm. Jim, and that's one thing I love about Jim and Ernst, they put players in situations where they can see, succeed no matter where they go. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I think at the end of the day, it helps the union. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. But Let's talk transfer window. What um and what is like if if we don't get a striker, everybody's banging the table for a striker. Is that a failure? Or as I've said, we we've seen the union way where they're also kind of building for the future. They don't want to make this just it's 2023 or bust. It's gotta be more to yeah, we want to win this year, but we also got to move forward and make sure we have a healthy foundation. Personally, I'd yeah. like to see a third striker off the bench. I think mm-hmm. we all would. But I'm curious to get your takes because everybody I've asked this has different opinions. And so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said it since we, uh, since we basically kicked off the season. I think that going into the season without a – uh, third striker on the bench with MLS experience was a mistake. And I think mm-hmm. we've seen that. Um, and we also came into the season with uh, Mikel Iwa playing, I believe, one 90-minute game in his uh, entire union career up until I, – I think he only played 90 minutes once last season. And I think he's only done it once or twice this season. So mm-hmm. um, I was always kind of um, curious as to what the game plan was with only two strikers and one that comes off early in almost every match um, without seeing some sort of drop off. And I think that uh, there was hope that it could be picked up, whether that was Chris Donovan or, or Quinn Sullivan or mm-hmm. um, whoever, um, but I, it just hasn't been there. Um, and for whatever reason, Corey Burke uh, went on his, on his way up 95 to Red Bull last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think it's severely missed. 
Um, I don't think we need a guy that's going to um, score 10 goals a year, but uh, I do think we need someone that is some sort of threat off the bench um, and in uh, uh, rotation games to start um, that can give us some sort of threat going forward. So, uh, yeah, I do think we need a, a, another forward. Um, other than that, I don't know. I think it kind of depends on departures, right? Um, yeah, it I think does. It, it depends on who goes out. Um, I don't think there's any other real hole that I think we need to fill. I think um, realistically for me, I think, you know, we have to get another center back, right? If, if, if we're going to start three center backs again, we can't have no one on the bench unless we're going to um, right. count whoever Nate Harriel or, or Matt Rial is not starting as, as that other center back. But um, I think if you could find the center back that would be okay with not starting um, and getting uh, some minutes off the bench or in rotation games, I think that could be a benefit too. Um, but again, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how easy, how easy it is to find a, a fourth center back that uh, isn't demanding to play. So, yeah. no. I, I what do you guys so. think? Well, go ahead. Yeah, I think striker is a big need. Um, there is a big uh, Corey Burke shaped hole there. As Kyle mm-hmm. Kyle knows how I feel about that. I miss Corey Burke. Um, we all do. Yes. I, he knows, like, I miss Stuart Finley and I miss Corey Burke. But, um, you know, I think we do need someone to come off the bench there and um, fill that striker role, obviously. Um, and I agree, you know, it'd be good to get um, backup center back there, um, you know. But, yeah, I think, like, midfield, I think we're good. Like, Well, but- I think... Torres is a work in progress. I think yeah. as much as uh, he's we want to let down, but well, I he's a work say, in progress. Yeah, I think he's more. I think same with Perea. Um, I want to know what's going on with Perea because, like, when he did play, like early in the season, I thought he looked good. But what is it? Training. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on there. I think at the end of the day, what I would love to see is a true like somebody that's like can play on. You know, either for Leon or Ale or even Daniel, like coming off like a mix midfielder. I'd like to see that. And then Ernst has said point blank, like if we move Kai, which, you know, that's the million dollar rule. We've been waiting for that, expecting that to year. And at the end of the day. We all know what's going to happen there. You hope you can get money, but mm-hmm. that is what it is. But he has backup plans. So you're probably going to maybe if, if we see a left back coming in here. um, that you know probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know it's happening. But at the end of the day, we also know that Ernst plays his hand really close. Like his mm-hmm. you, you'll see all these transfers and it's like everybody's like, where's the union transfers? It's like, did we see any of the transfers last year? This early in the season. I mean, even in. even he, Tannenwald and and, uh, and 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 all those. I don't think anyone had any sort of clue about Brandon Craig going on loan. No, um, I, you know, everyone was was caught by surprise by that. To yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone had any information on that leading up to that. So yeah, I think you're right. I think everything will be really kept close. Um, mm-hmm. I I also do think uh, that they will try if. I think they will try to have replacements ready if they know somebody's going to be on their way out. Well, I, think, I think they do um, too. Yeah, I think that they're going to um, do their best to have it. So, I, again, I don't know if anybody's on their way out, but if, if Kai were to leave or when he does, I think 
union uh, would do their best to have someone ready to go to take over for Kai as soon as possible, if not, um, <laughs> you know, right away. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, I, I think that would, can be applicable to other uh, places in the lineup as well. Um, I think that if there's only if there's one other um, kind of need, I think that we're looking for and that may be of interest in the market or in the transfer window um, is uh, I think I, I just think there's a little lack of creativity in the midfield a little bit. Um, someone that can yeah. really just kind of uh, uh, create chances. Um, Gosdog's been a great player, um, but I think that they're just it needs we need someone when uh, the game's tied or we're down a goal. Who's the guy that's really just going to get on the ball and decide that we're going to go and score? Like, um, uh, I don't know if you guys watched El Trafico the other night, but yeah. Ricky yeah. Bush was incredible, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. He, he just, had a great game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could tell that he uh, he he wanted to win that game. And anytime he touched the ball, he said, I'm I'm going to have an impact on, on this play. Um, and I think that at times Union have missed that for whatever reason this year. So, um, yeah, I don't know. If, if we could find someone – I think Torres was the hope in that, um, and it just hasn't worked out so far yet. But I, I think you're right, Kyle. I think um, not all hope is lost yet on that, and hopefully that can come to fruition um, yeah. on the Torres front. And uh, maybe we don't need to bring in someone there. Um, I think most importantly, um, the team isn't going to go out and get something just for the sake of it. Um, if if things if things if you know if opportunities arise they're going to take them seriously but I don't think uh, uh, I don't think the union are going to go out and get um, some thirty eight year old guy from Europe because no. he's retiring and is available right. you know no, what I mean no. so that's not um, the think, way <laughs> no no and I think uh, any move will be very calculated and very um, and very thought of uh, both on the pitch and off the pitch so yeah I think it's a good. Segue into speaking of LA Galaxy. Right. Good. We got them this Saturday. Um, so what are you most looking forward to um at with the uh union's next game uh versus Galaxy? What are you looking for there? Yeah, well, I actually think this is a big game. Um, when mm -hmm. looking at this road trip, you know, looking at a three-game span on the road, um, there was a lot of talk on Twitter. I had a post, I, I think uh maybe you guys did, or maybe Todd. Um, a couple other people did about who's about how many points people thought Union would come away with from these this three game stretch, mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people were hoping for a minimum of four um, or maybe you know even a six um, uh, as the best case scenario. Um, but going into the two games now, um, uh, or this will be the second game, losing the first one. Um, this one becomes kind of a big one because if you lose this one, now you're going into Nashville on short rest um, in a very mm -hmm. hard place to play, having yep. lost two in a row and, uh, and, and, you know, getting points there where most people were hoping for a tie. Um, if, if you're, you know, if you're looking for just a tie there, that's looking for one point out of three games on the road and it's um, not as successful of, of a road trip as you were hoping for. So this game is, has become a little bit bigger than it initially was, I think. And I think it becomes a little bit um, bigger in the fact that LA are kind of feeling themselves now after that El Trafico win. So I don't think they're as uh, uh, big of a pushover as they may have been earlier in the season when things were kind of going hay haywire with their front office. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm interested to see what's what uh, this game is going to be. I think the midfield is going to be uh, where things are won in this game for sure. I, I agree with you on the midfield. You know, for me, um, it's funny you brought about feeling uh, the LA feeling it. You know, they have they have zero losses. So I pull, I, I do like a weekly stat sheet just for like every mm-hmm. year. I like pull up stat matches. I have like last three years, and That's- LA. LA has a um, hasn't lost in five games, um, and here's some more bad news, um, if you want to call it that. Union are one, one win, one draw, and five losses all time in LA with the minus ten goal dif- differential. All right, so we take that out of the equation. Now the positive. Um, both teams. I know we all complain Union giving up early goals this year. So is LA Galaxy. If we can score early, um, LA Galaxy also has had some blown leads second half. But you haven't on the road. So my thing is, can we score early, get that crowd out of it? And mm-hmm. also, I think after the last El Trafico, now that was earlier in the year, um, they got... I forget who they played, but they kind of, it was a very emotional letdown. So Galaxy have owned LAFC this year. Yeah, they have owned LAFC this year. But so can we catch them on emotional letdown on a short week? Granted, as we all know, physiology, when you go out from the East Coast to West Coast, it's a different time differential. That's going to play a factor. For me, I just want to see us. I love three points. Mm-hmm. I said earlier after we lost that game, we need three points. We need mm-hmm. a point. Give me a yep. point. I I said on this three game road span, I had two points on this three game home span, uh, away span. Sorry, away span. Um, I has drawing in Atlanta. We lost. I have us drawing in LA. Hopefully we win, and I have us losing in Nashville. Now we know Nashville and the union always play tight. So, I mean, anything's possible. I mean, heck we get three points this week and we get three points on Wednesday and then we get three points and everybody's happy. I mean, exactly. Jim said today, this is probably the toughest road stretch of the season mm-hmm. after this it road is, stretch, Jim. you know, after league's cup, we got a lot of the big dogs at home. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Let's go and and let's see what the union can do. I mean, it hurts with not having, you know, Andre, not having Damian, you know, but at the end of the day, this is where uh, those teams show what they're made of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've got to just step it up and, you know, I mean, Joe Bendick, he, aside from that second goal, he wasn't terrible against Atlanta. He's a good backup. Um, Yeah. He made some nice saves and, you know, we just we need um to have more shots on goal. You know, we need to have more chances there. Um, we had a lot of block shots, but um, you know, if we can get the momentum early, I think that will be huge and not get scored on in the first few minutes. I I had said to Kyle before the game against Atlanta, I'm like, I feel like we're gonna get scored, we're gonna get scored on within the first eight minutes, and I was right. You were sadly, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think. Uh... Man, missing Damien has, to me, has been one of the bigger. I I know uh, missing Andre is is obviously you know it's one of the hardest put things to replace in this team. But missing, I think Damien has been uh, has been a really important piece because I can see 
um, the bits of hesitation from Elliot and Glesnes on um, steps and tackles that they're supposed to make and, and their cues a little bit. And I think it's because they are they know in their head, we have one less center back around us um, to where if I make this step and I miss it, it's okay because I've got one of these two guys behind me, whereas uh, now they don't have that and they know they have uh, they don't have Andre Blake in that too. Um, so they're also um, being a little bit reluctant to make some of those steps knowing um, that, you know, Andre Blake could pull out a, an amazing save um, out of his, out of his hat if he needs to. So uh, yeah, I'm really interested to see um, how obviously we're going to, we're going to continue to go with uh, the diamond, I think um, uh, this, with this game, just without having uh, options at center back. So um, I'm interested to see if Flock keeps starting. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Do you think Flock should continue to start? Uh, do you think Blitten should come in? Um, I, I don't think Flock has really done anything to be uh, taken out, but I, I, I also think McGlynn has played really well when he's played too. So, I think both things are true. Uh, I think in a double pivot mm-hmm. next uh, Brew, he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's and I think I think after that slow start to season. He's mm-hmm. kind of gotten something lit up. Like when I was at Red Bulls, I'm like, what is he doing? Even at Colorado, I was like, what is he doing? And all of a sudden, I know he had some, what was it? Like he had something in his pelvic or like. Yeah, Jim said he, I he remember like Jim a, saying this year that he's got an injury that he will deal with for the whole season. I don't know yeah. exactly what that means. It's like something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like a pelvic injury, but like all of a sudden he's playing good. Look, yeah. I mean, I've seen the union Facebook um, posts of like people just hating on flock. Leon and gets way too much hate. He, it's because he does. <laughs> he does like, and, and let's be honest. Is he this offensive juggernaut? No, but he does the dirty man's work mm-hmm. that does not show up on the stat sheet mm-hmm. when he plays well. People and that's why, like, all of a sudden you're getting these reports of like Bundesliga teams is like, hey, um, we are interested mm-hmm. in Leon. Like, he's just a dirty man. He's a dirty, dirty worker. Which, well, I shouldn't say dirty worker. He he's a hard worker. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does the dirty work. Yeah, he does the dirty work. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, but you need that on this team. Yeah. You need that, and I you think do. Jim finds value on that, and I think that's why he starts. Uh, at the same time, I think Jim sees the value in Jack. I mean, mm-hmm. Jack can create. Yeah, maybe, and, and I think it was Kevin Kin- Kincaid said, you know, maybe Jack's defensive um, capabilities compared with his offensive capabilities mm-hmm. warrant him starting over Leon, but I think it's it's a perfect problem to have at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think if you it gives a uh, Jim more tools in his toolbox mm-hmm. with um, formation flexibility. So I think at the end of the day, to answer your question, even though I'm not, I'm kind of pulling a Jim right now where he doesn't answer <laughs> your question. Yeah. Like you ask him. I think at the end of the day, you can do both. I I, I still like Leon, and then bring Jack in late. And if you go to double pivot, you know, try to figure something out there. And if Leon needs a day off, you start Jack. It's a good problem to have. I just don't want Jack starting for Alec because I don't like Jack on that right side of the pitch. 
Yeah, fair. I mean, I think Jack's uh, his best when he's on his natural foot, right? And yeah. and when he's over on that right side, I feel like he uh, is too um, pinned into playing uh, conservative passes, and I don't think he has that freedom that he does when he's on the left side. So, yeah, I agree with that. All right. So, anyway, uh, Jim, we appreciate you having us on, uh, having you on tonight. And um, before we get going, uh, first, uh, you know, you're with uh, Philadelphia Sports Network. Uh, where can people find you socially? And also, um, you know, talk about some any upcoming pieces you have. Yeah, I mean, anyone, everyone can find me on uh, all the socials, uh, Instagram, Twitter. I am on threads. Uh, I haven't really done anything on it yet, but I am on there uh, at Jimmy King 35. Um, the 35 doesn't really mean anything. I don't know. It's just a number I picked when I was in like sixth grade and it's been in all my username since. So uh, that's what it is. Um, uh, you can find all my work at Philly Sports Network. Um, and uh, I do a lot of the match recaps, a lot of the match um, previews. Um, I do have an article on uh daniel gosdog that I'm, i've been waiting to come out i'm kind of waiting for him to um have another game so another good game um but uh i'll give you guys kind of a, a little hint on that um i think it's almost time to look at daniel gosdog as someone uh that has a real possibility to take over um the leading scorer of the union uh really soon i don't know if you guys have looked um but uh, I think uh, Sebastian Latou had 53 when all was said and done over all his competitions. I think Daniel Gosdog is a, around 90 or 39. Um, yep. So yep. he's not very far behind. Um, and that was, a, I, that was a while ago that I last checked. So it could even be um, closer now at that point. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, it's almost time to start thinking about Daniel Gosdog potentially being um, the best union goal scorer of all time if he is able to stay, stick around for, um, uh, you know, this season, obviously, and and uh, next season as well. So, yeah, that's something I've, I've been kind of working on for a little bit and kind of waiting to release uh, until Daniel has another um, another brace or something. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that I, just, yeah, I thought I would uh, give you guys a little uh, uh, insight on that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, make sure to check it out. And, um, you know, if you don't follow Jimmy, make sure you follow him. And um, so, um, and also we got some more guests coming up and uh, we'll be back uh, probably again next Monday um, mm-hmm. to uh, recap the LA Galaxy. Hopefully it's a union win. Let's hope. Yep. And until next time. Yeah. Make sure that you like and comment on this episode on, you know, the way and subscribe if you guys haven't. Um, thank you to everyone for listening. Um, you know, we appreciate will reach out with questions and interact with us so keep that up um and uh yeah like kyle said we're gonna have some guests coming up so some good stuff and uh yeah let's hope we get three points yep so until next time i'm kyle i'm jillian and we'll see you next time